Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust, member FDIC. It's time for From the Short Grass with Trey Schaap, a golf podcast for those who love golf, struggle with golf, and just like to enjoy the outdoors and fellowship with friends, all while chasing a ball around trying to put it in a four and a quarter inch diameter hole. From the Short Grass is brought to you by Stevens Incorporated, an independent financial services firm with the freedom to focus on what matters most. Blackman Auctions, for over 80 years, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels, we partner with you to deliver high yield results by managing, developing, and investing in top quality hospitality assets. And now, from the short grass, here is your host, Trey Shap. Welcome to another edition of From the Short Grass. I am your host, Trey Shap. This week, we are going to sit down with Anton Albers, the 2022 Sunbelt Golfer of the Year. He's currently on the Little Rock golf team. And he's got a list of awards under his belt. Division I Ping Honorable Mention All-American, Sunbelt Golfer of the Year, First Team All-Sunbelt, Division I Ping All-Central Region Selection, Shrixon Cleveland Golf All-American Scholar, CoSIDA Second Team Academic All-American, and CoSIDA First Team Academic All-District at Large Selection, and oh, by the way, Anton is currently ranked the 79th player in the official World Amateur Golf Rankings, and he plays for the Little Rock Trojans. And last week, at the tournament at SMU, Trinity Forest, he was eight under par with five holes to play in his final round after struggling the first couple of days. He finished at minus eight, but yes, he was on 59 watch, and he was on 60 watch during that tournament. And uh, he's a great guy, and I think you're going to enjoy my interview with Anton Albers. That's coming up after the break. Before we get there, though, I want to tell you about my good friends, Matthew Allen and Blair Allen, Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. They know how to manage hotel properties. And when you need a place to stay, make sure it's one of the hotel properties they manage. Find them on the web, bphotels.com. We're back after this. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The economy is changing slowly but surely. The market is slowing down in a gradual slide. Not an emergency yet. The sky is not falling, but a change is coming. When times are good, auctions make buyers compete to buy at the highest market value. When the economy gets tough, auctions force buyers to make a purchase decision. Either way, auctions get the highest return for a seller and a strong deal for a buyer. With an experienced auction company, it's a simple process. Go to BlackmanAuctions.com for more information. Since 1938, better auctions are Blackman Auctions. Traveling to Fayetteville to watch a game? Forgot to book a room for the night? Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group has you covered. Stay where the fans stay. Staybridge Suites is just south of Baumwalker Stadium and is an all-suite hotel within walking distance of Baumwalker, Bud Walton, and Razorback Stadium. Or you could stay at the Comfort Inn and Suites with newly remodeled rooms throughout the entire property. Find them on the web at bphotels.com. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. On the tee, Anton Albers, 
Anton, thanks for joining me on From the Short Grass. Uh, man, you're off to a uh, fire start for the Little Rock Trojans this year. You guys have won two tournaments. I know Coach wanted to win three here in the fall, and it looks like you might be able to do that because your own tournament that you guys play in and host is coming up. But uh, the start that you're on, you're playing some pretty good golf right now, aren't you? Yeah, I mean, the team is looking great. Um probably or not probably it's by far the best team that we've ever had in my time here and yeah it's always good to get off to a good start and then we're just trying to keep riding that wave for those who are listening and can't figure it out yes you are not from the united states you're from buholtz germany did i say that correct yep that's right growing up over there when did you first pick up a golf club uh i started playing when i was six First time I picked up a club would have been when I was five, and my grandfather took me um, along with my grandmother to like a vacation, and he was playing with his buddies, and um, I was just bored all morning when they were on the golf course. So after a couple of days, I was like, "Yeah, I wanna wanna see what you guys are doing in the morning. Takes you five hours to come off the course, and then that's the first time I started to engage with the game. The places that you get to play over there." What are they like? Are they kind of like what we see here in the States? No, it's a little different. I mean, whenever I'm home, amateur golf, I pretty much play all over Europe. So it's a whole lot variety of different golf courses. Um, for example, when, when we travel to to the UK, the courses, just like the the turf and the vegetation and everything is so different to what we got in Germany, for example. Um just like the courses, the layouts, everything is, is a little different than it is over here. So it's hard to explain, but it is different for sure. What's the climb like, if you will, the the progression uh, from when you first start playing to start getting better and better? What's the progression like? Do you have tournaments that you can play in over in Germany as a junior golfer to try and see how you stack up against the rest of the country and then maybe even the, that part of Europe? Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a little different than it is over here because high school golf and all that is not really a thing in Europe. So you just grow up as a junior playing junior golf and all the tournaments that you play, you kind of play for your own. You might might be playing for your home club, but you don't really have a school that you're playing for. Um, but there's a lot of things like in-state tournaments or even like the German national championships. Um and then there's a lot of support coming from different federations, whether that is a state golf federation or the national federation. So that's really what got me engaged um, when I first got drafted for the Hamburg squad, which is like the the closest state from where I live. Um, and there were like we were like ten guys all my age. And when I first got drafted for that team or squad, I was ten. Um, most of the guys were older. Um, but then I was just growing up playing with older guys and by the time I turned like 14, 15, we were all around the same age and just battling it out every week. Um, and then by the time you turn 15, 16 is when you're supposed to make the, the next step into the national team. You always have this competition with like players from the nation or the, the state that are um, really good and makes you want to keep progressing so um yeah that's really what got me hooked with it 
When I think of Germany in golf, I think of Bernhard Longer. I think uh, almost anybody would. Have you ever met him? I have not, unfortunately. I would love to meet him one day. If you get the chance to meet him, what, w- what would you say to him? I don't really know what I would say. I would probably ask him a bunch of questions about his career because he's really impressive with what he's doing and still doing at the age um, right now. Yeah, I would love to have a talk with him. It seems like every year at Augusta during the Masters tournament, he's always right there in contention to make a cut and make a cut and then kind of even be talked about as he's a guy that might end up winning this thing and then he kind of falters. But the fact that at his age, he's able to make the cut at Augusta, how impressive do you think that is? I think it's really impressive. I mean, he's, what, 64 now and he still keeps shooting his age. That's what kind of motivates him, I think. And then just to go to the Masters every year and like still accept that competition out there when you know you're playing with guys that are the best in the world that hit like 80 past you i remember Mm -hmm. last year or two years ago he got paired with bryson and bryson would almost drive the greens where he would stand there with a wood into the green so i think it's it's pretty pretty incredible what he's doing kind of neat to see him and and i look at you and you're not a tall guy by any stretch of the mean but neither is bernhard either maybe some similarities there maybe i mean i would definitely take it um (laughs) he is extremely fit for his age and a lot of it is just he's still working out every day he's doing his stretches and mobility work and i think that's the only reason why he's able to be competing at that age on that level when you decided that you wanted to pursue golf after high school and pursue it into college what led you to the united states first I mean, just the opportunity you get combining studies and playing college golf is just something you can't really get in Europe because there's just no such thing as university sports. So when I graduated from high school, I knew that um, I wanted to become a professional golfer one day, but I also didn't want to take all the risks of just turning pro and don't really have a backup plan. So... Mm -hmm. I always had studying first in the back of my mind and it was just the only good option I had combining studying and playing golf. All right. Coach Harrington's not in the room with us. Why Little Rock? What sold you on this university and and coming to Little Rock, Arkansas? My recruiting process was actually a little bit hectic. So the reason I ended up coming here is because of Coach Harrington. Um, But The way I got here was stressful, not only for me, but also for him, because um, when I graduated high school, I was already talking to a few coaches because I was always, I always had the thought of going to America in the back of my mind, but I wasn't really sold on it. I wasn't really 100% committed on it. So I just talked to some coaches, but then during my senior year of high school, like right around when I graduated, I wasn't really playing my best. So I kind of doubted myself whether I still want to go to the U.S. or just stay home, study in Europe. So I just stopped talking to to coaches and took a year off. And that's when I started playing better again, obviously, because I practiced a whole lot more and all that pressure was was off. And then after a year, I was still not really sure what I wanted to do and had to figure all this stuff out. And I was like, maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I do want to go to college. So by that time, it was 
it was August of the next year and um, I was talking to to a coach in Germany that helps a lot of players in Germany to get recruited and um, get them in touch with, with college coaches and he was like, man, you, you have no time. You need to find a school within the next two months. and Oh, wow, that quick. Yeah, go over to, to the States by January because otherwise I would have lost eligibility. And um, by that time, I'd I didn't have a visa. I didn't even take an SAT. I had nothing. So he got me in touch with Coach Harrington and like a few other coaches. But obviously, with that short of a notice, there were not really many great options in the in the picture. So Coach was really helping me and trusting me a lot with with all the stuff that I had to get done in order to me being able to come here. And he made me feel the most welcome and definitely like the program that he was running so it was really the only option that I was considering out of the ones that I had and then what also helped was at the time there was already a German guy on the team um, because all this college golf and moving away from home going to America was a real big step for me in my life so that really made it easier for me coming here and now that you've been at Little Rock um, man multiple trips to the NCAA tournament you were able to make it to the the final stage the the top 30 a couple of years ago last year I know you guys missed out on it last year you were the medalist at the Sunbelt Conference championships you guys won the match play portion of that to be Sunbelt Conference champions the last time that Little Rock competed as a Sunbelt school in the Sunbelt Conference championships because you moved to the Ohio Valley Conference this year What's that ride been like since you've been here? I mean, it's been a hell of a ride. Uh, we kept getting better every year. Um, I keep telling the guys that are on the team now how the team looked like when I first came here because nothing against the guys. I still talk to a lot of them, and they're all close friends, but just the the competitiveness inside the team and just how good we are now compared to what we were then is complete turnaround. So yeah, we we just kept progressing every year, and obviously a lot of this is great coaching. Um, Coach Harrington and our assistant Patrick are doing a great job, and then also with recruiting. I mean, the team that we have this year is just scary. It does look scary on paper. I will say that. And you guys have already won two tournaments this year. We mentioned that earlier, and uh, you got some others coming up that uh, you probably will be favored in. What's it? being to go out there and have that target on your back of that's Little Rock, that's the team we have to worry about. I think it's it's a little different different than it used to be because it always seemed like we're just a small school somewhere from Arkansas. Many people don't even know where Little Rock is at. And then um, over the last two years, we already kind of got more attention from other teams, seeing our name, going to postseason two years in a row so they know that we're out there but now this year I think every tournament we go to everyone knows that we're coming and we're we're ready to compete like it's a we're a big thing now and that has changed a lot but I mean it's obviously a great feeling um also this year with with how deep we are as a team it's like you know when you don't have your best one day the other guys will have you back. They will fight it out. You come back the next day and be ready to do your part. So it's just really great, great way of competing. 
And we kind of saw that at the Trinity Forest Invitational. You did not have your best start to that tournament, but the other guys were able to stay there and get the team where it needed to be. And then you came in the last day, eight under par with five holes to go. You finished at minus eight that final round. What was that final round like for you? To be honest, it was a bit of a relief because the last two weeks haven't been haven't been easy. Um, I didn't get the start to the year that I was hoping for. I've played a lot of golf over summer, and uh, I don't know if it had to do with all that. But after all that, it just felt good to, to finally get it done. Also, as a team, I think um, I really helped out the final day after couldn't really contribute the way I wanted to the first two rounds. Um, just to step up and show the guys that I'm I'm still there. I'm still wanting to to do my best. Um, yeah, it was it was really good for me and also for for all the guys to get that win. When you look at the makeup of this team, you said I mean you really can't take any days off. Do you approach it as okay, I need to do this today, this today, to be ready to go at the next event. Because it's kind of like I would equate that to a basketball player that's constantly in the gym getting shots up, a baseball player that's a fielder that's constantly fielding ground balls or pop flies or something, or a running back in football that's constantly working on ball security, things like that. Do you approach it that way? Kind of, yeah. I would say so. I mean, everyone kind of has their own routines that they go through whether that is practices or life in general um how i see it usually when i come back from a tournament trip the the day after is just for me to rest rest up and get back into it finish like catch up on schoolwork, um do some mobility stuff get my get my body ready for the next event and if i'm feeling good and not too exhausted i might go out and do like little practice chipping and putting or something but nothing nothing really big and then the next day is just get back to business do whatever you need to do i mean i usually reflect on my tournaments and see what was good what could be better for the next week what do i need to do and then based on that i i structure my practices and obviously we also have a lot of team practice where we know that we're going to be playing or we're going to do this in practice um but the times that I have for my own in practice, I pretty much build on what I've seen over the last week. And then obviously being a student athlete, like you said, you got to catch up on schoolwork. It's my understanding you're one of the smartest on the team as well. Where do you get that from? I don't know. <laughs> Couldn't tell you. Um, I wasn't the best in, in high school, but for some reason everything is just easier for me here to – structure and schedule my day i guess because uh when i was in high school i had a hard time procrastinating and getting all my all my work done but now i, I think the main reason is just to find the time and have a good schedule a lot of times seniors their senior year golfers they're they're looking towards that next step what they're going to do when they're done and obviously turning professional is one of those goals you said it earlier about coming to the States and uh, after high school you wanted to you didn't want to turn professional right then but it's definitely there in the mindset is it there right now or is it okay let's get through Little Rock golf season first and then I'll think about professional golf it's a little of both obviously it's my last year here in Little Rock and I want to want to do the most of it 
not having any regrets when I leave this this place. Get both of my degrees first, uh, finish finish up on school, have a great last year. But at the same time, I also have to plan out my next years. Like you said, or I'm going to turn pro next year right after um, the college time is over for me. So I kind of have that in the back of my mind as well and also need to do all that scheduling for next year what tournaments i'm going to play whether i'm going to do q school here or back in europe so there's a lot of things um i try to take it step by step to just not get overwhelmed by it but yeah it's a little in between right now this past summer uh, you spoke earlier about playing a lot of golf what was anton's summer like yeah it was a lot of traveling that's for sure um when I got home, I barely had any time to catch up with my family and all that because I think I was home for three or four days and I already left for the first tournament and it was just going back to back the the whole time. Um, obviously, that's a good thing and I wouldn't want to trade it for anything. Um, I got lucky to be given the opportunity to represent Germany in a couple of team championships, which was great. Then also represented Europe in a team championship against uh, UK and I so it was a lot of golf um, but I'm grateful for all the experience and memories I made and coach was able to come over and see you some I understand this summer yep he was there um, he came to Germany for a junior event to do some recruiting and while he was there he thought he could come visit which was nice so I spent I think two days with him showed him around my, my hometown and um, yeah I think he, he really enjoyed it too what has been the highlight of your career at Little Rock? I know it's not over yet. There could be more to come. But so far today, what's the highlight of Anton Albert's career here at Little Rock? It's got to be regionals at Carson Creek when we made it to nationals. Um, that was just very special. All of us burying the last hole to cut off Auburn and Baylor by one um, and make it to the first ever NCAA national tournament um, so that's definitely number one but actually the more I think about this last week winning at SMU's event on their home course that they play every day um, with a record setting score of 31 under um, it's actually pretty close up there it's pretty impressive yeah I mean when people think I mean if people can just think about it you're counting four of five scores and you've got to have multiple people under par to get to minus 31. I mean, you just that's not a fluke. You don't get there by luck. There's a lot of skill and talent that goes into that. That can tell you how talented this team is. Can yeah, it not? Absolutely. Totally agree with you. I mean, every guy shot under par, I think, multiple times maybe. Mm -hmm. I mean, everyone contributed to the team score, and everyone was firing rounds under par. So it just tells you anyone on this team can have a day and go out there and be great also tells you what momentum can do and what you guys can still do coming up favorite golf course you've ever played i'll say lotion really yep you do get to play some nice courses here at little rock absolutely we're very spoiled yeah <laughs> all right uh fantasy foursome you and three others living or deceased that you would like to play around a golf with? Um, Tiger Woods is in there for sure. Um, then 
I'll probably take MJ. Okay, Michael Jordan. And well, you know, he and Tiger are going to be gambling and talking e and cutting exactly, up. Exactly. So I got those two, and then probably Bernard Langer to mix it up a little bit. Going to do uh, Germany versus USA there? Maybe, yeah. You and Bernhard against Tiger and MJ? Yeah. Who do you think wins? The Germans, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Probably depends on how Tiger's back is doing. Exactly. Well, Anton, congratulations on the outstanding play. Congratulations on the, you know, making the Germany amateur team and best of luck the rest of the year. And when you turn pro and you can't find a caddy, yeah, I might be able to carry a bag. I appreciate that. I'll come back to you. Heading to El Dorado to check out some live music or to play Mystic Creek? Stay at the Haywood, the only boutique hotel in the middle of downtown and the Murphy Arts District. If you are spending a weekend in Hot Springs, make plans now at the Marriott Courtyard close to Lake Hamilton and Oakwan. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotel Group manages both of these fine properties and you will rest easy knowing that your every need is taken care of. Beachwood Pinnacle Hotels on the web at bphotels.com. This is Thomas Blackman with Blackman Auctions. The other day I was visiting with Trey and he talked about goose poop and iguana poop and a golf ball and if you hit the poop or the iguana or the goose, can you move the ball or the poop or something like that. Listening to him talk about poop and golf balls with such passion made me realize how much he knows about golf and how little I did. Once again, Trey really knows golf. I really know auctions. For the last 84 years, better auctions have been Blackman Auctions. Strength is measured not by the number of accounts. Strength is placing value on relationships. It's having the vision and the guts to invest in growth. It's the commitment to responsibly manage your money. At Stevens, we believe that our strengths build success, not only for us, but for our clients. Stevens, member NYSE, SIPC. Welcome back to this edition of From the Short Grass. Blackman Auctions. Since 1938, better auctions have always been Blackman Auctions. Thomas Blackman knows how to sell your property, your equipment, whatever you have to sell, he can get it done. Find them on the web, blackmanauctions.com. On the tee, with our rules segment, here's PGA Master Professional, Adam Carney. Adam, this question comes in from Wyatt in Columbia. He asks, what can you prepare on the green before you putt? I think pretty much anything now, right? Yeah, it seems <laughs> like it. I mean, yeah, it's one of those changes. I, I'm not sure how I feel about it, that you're able to touch your line for pretty much anything now. I remember I was chairing the rules committee for the National Big Eye, which used to be one of the biggest junior events in the country, and I think it just went away recently. Is They don't even have it anymore, but – Last group coming down the stretch, 18th hole. Golly, there's a buried acorn, you know, 18 feet below the hole. And it's, I mean, they'd rolled the greens and just pushed it down in there. And uh, that's a loose impediment. Yeah. But you can't repair at that time. You couldn't repair right. the, the mark. And uh, the player asked me, you know, can I remove it? And I'm like, yeah, but you can't repair, you can't repair the, the hole that it's left he's like, are you kidding i'm like no nah, unfortunately i'm not and then i had to deal with the parent then i had to deal with it i'm like look guys you know i'm just telling you that's the rule but i have absolutely no problem calling the usga right now if that's what you want to do we, we 
I can give you the name of the chairman of the PGA of America Rules Committee. I've got his cell phone number. You're, we'll, you can call him. I mean, whatever you guys want to do is is fine, but we're going to play by the rules of golf. So, you know, what can't can't you do? You know, I'm not sure. I mean, technically, you still can't, you know, take your putter and create a, a trench by pounding it down. To where you hit the ball in that trench and you know it's going to stay in there and it's going to go right in the hole. Yeah, so I guess, I guess you can't do that. Um, you know, I, I think there's 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 a line where you know you could see somebody is doing something to you know uh, do something like that um, that's not tapping down spike marks. But I mean, the that was a huge change with the, the revision of and the re, reorganization of the rules was you know now you can tap down spike marks now you can you know remove that acorn and and fix the the mark that was there and we've always been able to repair pitch marks and i still don't like tapping down spike marks i just i just don't like touching my line i still can't put the flag stick in yeah i don't care how far away i am i guess if i were playing competitively again i'd definitely tap down spike marks but yeah there's there's not there's really not much you you can't do now Wyatt great question we uh, appreciate you listening and sending in that question if you've got a question on the rules of golf send us an email from the shortgrass at gmail.com that will do it for this edition of from the shortgrass thank you for listening and I want to thank Anton Alberts for taking time out of his hectic schedule to sit down and chat with me a little bit about his love of the game of golf. In our next episode, we will have a full and complete recap of the second annual Jackson T. Stevens Cup held at Seminole Golf Club in Juneau Beach, Florida. Remember, when you find your ball mark on the green, fix it and a couple of more. And I hope to see you sometime soon from the short grass. You've been listening to From the Short Grass, a weekly podcast dedicated to the game of golf. This has been a presentation of the Buzz Radio Network.